0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the May 9th edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Scarron, and Kelly. Let's get started with our litigation report. The California Supreme Court has scheduled oral argument on May 24th in the controversial case that defines when the calculation for a cost of living adjustment must start. Amendments to the labor code that took effect in 2004 require that life pension and total disability benefits be adjusted for increases in the cost of living. There's been a dispute in implementing this new law. It was unclear if the COLA is to be calculated starting on the date of the injury or on the permanent and stationary date or even later when the first life pension payment begins. The Sixth District Court of Appeal, in the published opinion of John Duncan v. WCAB, ruled that the cost of living adjustments start on January 1, 2004, and every January 1 thereafter, regardless of the date of injury. In March 2010, the California Supreme Court granted a petition for hearing in the Duncan case, and employers are hopeful that there will soon be a better result. While the outcome of the Duncan case is pending, the Rojas decision issued from the 3rd District Court of Appeal. The Rojas unpublished decision reversed the Duncan COLA methodology. Instead, the court concluded that the injured worker is entitled to a COLA starting on January 1st following the date of injury. The Rojas court said it made no sense to use the January 1st, 2004 date for those who were injured in following years. In fact, the court said it is impossible to calculate a COLA using that date. It is not clear how long it will take the Supreme Court to issue a decision after oral argument is concluded. Nonetheless, the oral argument set for May 24th will move the case along. And now our fraud report. The San Bernardino County District Attorney's Office has arrested a Melinda Furnas of Colton for workers' compensation insurance premium fraud and denying workers' compensation benefits to an employee. Furnas is the owner of Clinical Laboratory of San Bernardino in Grand Terrace, California. The district attorney's office received a suspicion of fraud referral from Zenith Insurance Company regarding an alleged fraudulent work-related injury by an employee of the clinical laboratory. The DA conducted an investigation and served a search warrant. Investigators were unable to determine any criminal conduct by the employee. <clears throat> but they determined that Fernas knowingly made false statements to the employee regarding entitlement to work comp benefits with the intent to discourage him from claiming benefits. Fernas also made misrepresentations to the insurance company claims adjusters regarding entitlement of benefits by their employees. Subsequently, a warrant was issued for her arrest. She was booked at the West Valley Detention Center with $225,000 bail. And in regulatory news, the Florida legislature just passed a workers' compensation reciprocity bill hoping to stop professional athletes from filing workers' compensation claims in California. Hundreds of claims have been filed by out-of-state professional athletes in California, costing team owners millions of dollars that would otherwise not be paid under their local state work comp systems. California Labor Code Section 3600.5b agrees to decline jurisdiction in these claims if there is a reciprocity statute in the foreign state. Florida now joins at least 11 jurisdictions that have extraterritorial reciprocity law. The labor code applies when both states agree to exempt out-of-state employees temporarily working within its borders and their employers from its workers' compensation law. When this happens, California will not exercise jurisdiction over out-of-state employees temporarily working within its boundaries. The new Florida law should apply to claims against Florida sports teams and force players to file their claims in Florida instead of California. Several professional athlete cases are winding their way through the California WCAB testing out the application of this reciprocity law. A May 27, 2009 panel decision sent the case of Wesley Carroll versus New Orleans Saints and Cincinnati Bengals back to the trial level to develop the record in order to determine if the teams were exempt. Recently, the work comp judge in that case ruled that Wesley Carroll was not a temporary employee when he played games here. This case will probably go back to the WCAB on reconsideration. At the same time, in the case of Eddie Brown versus Cincinnati Bengals, a trial judge ruled that extratorial law does apply to Bengals players and California jurisdiction over his case was rejected. And on April 19, 2011, in the case of Dan Fike versus Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns, a trial judge found that an Ohio statute provides reciprocity and thus there was no subject matter jurisdiction to hear Mr. Fike's case. And in related medical news, several professional athletes are filing workers' compensation claims in California claiming that their delayed onset of dementia is caused by their professional sports activities decades earlier. A study conducted by the University of Michigan and authored by Dr. David Weyer a few years ago found that 6% of retired NFL players over 50 years old reported a diagnosis of dementia, Alzheimer's, or another memory-related disease. That finding, compared to a less than 2% figure in U.S. men of a similar age, drew headlines and prompted congressional inquiry, along with an expected avalanche of workers' compensation claims on the way to California by these players. Other studies and new medical research points to other possible causes of dementia. A new study claims that people who are overweight have an 80% higher chance of getting any type of dementia than people of normal weight, The findings published in the journal Neurology suggests that control of body fat as early as middle life is important to prevent dementia later in life. Researchers analyzed longitudinal data from close to 9,000 twins. The study started to collect data when participants were an average age of 43. Thirty years later, the researchers examined the same individuals for signs of declining thinking and memory skills and diagnosed some of them with Alzheimer's disease and other types of dementia. Close to one in three of the participants were overweight or obese in middle age, and those that were had about an 80% higher chance of getting any kind of dementia than people of normal weight. The more participants weighed in midlife, the higher their chance of getting dementia. In total, about 4% of everyone in the study was diagnosed with dementia and another 1% to 2% with questionable dementia. In addition, researchers said that extra weight has been shown to increase a person's risk for diabetes and heart and blood vessel diseases, and those conditions are related also to a higher dementia risk. And in financial news, the Council of Insurance Agents and Brokers claims that the soft market premium rate declines are beginning to ease and some lines of insurance are exhibiting signs of flattening or modestly increasing premium. The average rate of decline for commercial lines renewal pricing was about 2.9 percent during the 2011 first quarter compared to a rate of decline of 5.4 percent in the fourth quarter of last year. The president of the council says that it's too early to tell if the leveling off and modest price increases were a result of the fallout from the recent Japan disaster and other catastrophes earlier this year or if the market is reacting to broader market conditions. Small accounts showed an average rate of decline of 1.3% for the first quarter. Mid-size accounts averaged a decline of 2.9% for the first three months of the year. And large accounts declined at a rate of 4.4% for the 2011 first quarter compared to a decline of 6.7% for the 2010 fourth quarter. The council says the survey indicates a slow economic improvement as demand for commercial products continues to pick up. of respondents saw an increase in demand. 22% of brokers say workers' comp rates rose 1-10%. to 23% say they saw no change in work comp rates, while 28% say rates declined. And in other news, Patriot National Insurance Group announced that Carol Azarito has joined its team as Western Regional Claims Manager and Allison Lepore has been promoted to Southeast Regional Claims Manager. Ms. Azarito will manage Patriot's workers' compensation claims organizations responsible for California, Hawaii, Alaska, Oregon, Idaho, Nevada, Utah, Arizona, and Texas. Ms. Lepore will be responsible for the states of North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, Virginia, and West Virginia. Before joining Patriot National, Ms. Azarito was SEGA manager at exchanging, and also has held claims management positions at Frank Gates Service Company, Keenan & Associates, and Kemper Insurance Company. Ms. Lepore joined Patriot National Insurance Group in 2005 as a claims adjuster and was promoted to claims supervisor in 2007. She's board certified in workers' compensation and litigation and also holds licensure in multiple jurisdictions, including Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, and Alabama. Patriot National Insurance Group is an insurance holding company focused on workers' compensation insurance. More risk managers at large companies are scrutinizing the value of workers' compensation managed care services and opting to unbundle those products rather than purchase them from third-party administrators. Rising claims expenses and a desire for optimal medical management are fueling the trend. So is growing concern that charges for workers' comp managed care services, such as utilization review, case management, and bill review, often are obscure. Experts say that the medical and indemnity expense portions of claims are easy to dissect. In contrast, loss-adjusting expenses for managed care services can be difficult to unravel. Michael J. Tilley, VP of Workers' Compensation for Kelly Services in Troy, Michigan, says he changed TPAs a few years ago to eliminate hidden charges and gain direct interaction with the managed care company. He now pays a flat amount per bill for fee schedule bill reviews rather than paying on a percentage of savings basis. After this change, Tilley says that the fees per bill were outrageous compared to what he's paying today. David Don, president of David Don Consulting Incorporated in San Francisco, says more large employers are looking to purchase directly from managed care companies rather than buying the services through a TPA. That trend is still developing today because some employers are uncomfortable with markups charged by TPAs. More large self-insured employers are seeking to eliminate costs by unbundling managed care services such as preferred provider networks. Mike Farron, Cost Containment Director for Willis Group Holdings in Pennsylvania, also says he has seen a lot more unbundling activity in the last three years. St. Joseph Health Systems in Orange, California, which employs 24,000 workers in three states, also unbundles case management, bill review, and utilization review rather than buy the services through its TPA. Experts say mobile communication devices can increase an employer's work comp exposure. Maureen McCarthy, a senior VP at Liberty Mutual, said at the Risk and Insurance Management Society convention that employees are now conducting business using mobile devices in many places outside the office. Mobile devices that are typically provided by the employer is turning out to be something that is more difficult to manage than anticipated. The industry did not envision that people would be doing their jobs while driving, while walking, and in places outside of the workplace employers need to be aware of the downside of providing workers mobile devices. Employers should have proper usage agreements for using devices like laptops, smartphones, Blackberries, and other handheld devices. There are also issues involving exempt employees. There are some employees who are working from home and typically speaking they should be not working from home because they happen to be non-exempt employees and that is is an employment law related exposure. That's all our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, for past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and our special reports using your iPhone, your iPad, or iPod by searching for WorkComp Academy in the iTunes store. Again, I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Skarin, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Please drop by again next week for some more news.